Welcome to Pushback, I'm Aaron Maté. The Israeli election remains in a stalemate. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and rival Benny Gantz are now holding talks on forming a unity government after neither secured enough votes to form a majority. Gantz received a boost when Arab-majority political parties, known as the Joint List, endorsed him to head a new government. It was the first time the Joint List had backed an Israeli leader in nearly three decades. But three members of the joint list refused to sign on, arguing there is no difference between the two. That leaves Netanyahu with a one-seat advantage over Gantz, and the composition of the next government very much in flux. Dana Butu is a Palestinian attorney and former legal advisor to the Palestinian Authority. Welcome, Dana Butu, to Pushback. Before we get into the negotiations right now, I'm wondering if you could share with us your assessment of how we should look at this election overall and whether you see a difference at all between Netanyahu and Gantz. No, absolutely not. Um, certainly on the issues that are, are important to Palestinians, which is that of the occupation and that of the lack of e equality, Gantz and Netanyahu are virtually identical. In fact, uh, Gantz, although he's been touted as being an alternative, when, uh, when Prime Minister Netanyahu announced that he was going to annex parts of the West Bank, uh, Gantz, rather than condemning him, uh, ended up applauding him and saying that it's about time that the prime minister sees the wisdom of a plan that he, had, he being Gantz, had, put for, had already put forward. Um, Gantz had also been somebody who bragged. He, he started off his first campaign with talking about how he bombed parts of Gaza back to the Stone Age and uh, sent tweet after tweet, video after video, showing just how much he had decimated the Gaza Strip. This is a man who, even when, uh, when individuals said that, they, that all they were demanding was equality, came out and said very succinctly, uh, he does not at all believe in equality. So on the issues of Gantz versus Netanyahu, when it comes to, to Palestinians, they're exactly identical. Can you talk about the position that the joint list was in, this coalition of Arab parties? For the first time in nearly three decades, coming out to endorse an Israeli leader, in this case Gantz, as a show of opposition to Netanyahu. Then you had three members of that coalition declining to go along with that, saying that there is no difference between the two. But can you talk about the position that they were in and why they took this pretty much uh, nearly unprecedented step to endorse Gantz? Well, it's not so much an endorsement. I think we have to be put it in its proper context. Uh, I'm somebody who's opposed, but at the same time, this isn't a, a, a wholesale endorsement. What it is, is when after every Israeli election, when there isn't one party that has secured 61 of 120 seats, which has always been the case, um, the president is then required to ask all of the various uh, coalitions and parties who it is that they want to see to be, to be prime minister of the candidates who came out on top. And in this case, um, it, was, it was close enough that it was beginning to look as though Netanyahu may have been able to form a coalition, but still, we're still waiting on that. What happened was these four political parties, now many of them didn't exist back in 1992, the era, era that you're talking about, um, I really had to think through whether they want to say that they are somebody, that they're going to support Netanyahu, which is obviously a no, whether they would like to instead see Gantz as prime minister, or whether they're going to choose nobody. If they were to say that they would choose nobody, then the response would have been by President Rivlin to put uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu in charge as prime minister and to try to form a government. So in, in short, this, this joint list was stuck between 
a rock and a hard place. And when they looked at the sum total of the policies and the, the decade that we've had of Netanyahu and the, the impact that of Netanyahu being in power, the choice was uh, the lesser of the two evils. Now, nobody came out and endorsed Gads and said that they think that he's going to make a wonderful prime minister. The question was, if you were stuck between this rock and a hard place, which which are the lesser of the two evils? And the lesser of the two evils that they chose, the 10 of them chose, was Gantz. Why not Netanyahu? Netanyahu has been the person who has overseen some of the worst racism. Uh, he's normalized racism in the country. He uh, he spent an entire campaign attacking Palestinians. He he tried to pass a law where where Palestinian voters would be monitored by having cameras in there in the polling stations. And he's passed law after law that directly discriminates against Palestinians, including a law that has called for the demolition of 50,000 Palestinian homes, as well as the Jewish nation state law, which uh, enshrines the supremacy of Israel's Jewish citizens over its non-Jewish citizens. So in some total, this was a this was a list that was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Do I agree with the decision? Absolutely not. But I do understand why they took it. Thanks for correcting me there. It certainly was not an endorsement, uh, just a uh, electoral move as you, as you lay out. So um, you live in Israel as an Arab citizen. What is it like for you? And do you see any hope that a genuine movement uh, for peace, for ending the Israeli occupation, can emerge from the uh, Israeli left? The, that that has already started to to emerge. Now I don't want to I don't want to conflate it. I don't want it to make it into something that is uh, greater than it is. But what's very interesting is that this time around the joint list ended up getting one additional seat because of Jewish Israeli voters who are now seeing that this is the only alternative party to to parties that support occupation and denial of freedom. Even Meretz. Uh, the party that a lot of Israeli left-wingers would vote for was a party that didn't come out and make a statement when it came to the occupation or ending uh, ending the occupation or on equality. Um, they didn't make a statement about two states, one state. And in fact, they ended up bringing in two uh, members of the labor of the of the labor party, including Ehud Barak himself, a man who's done everything to try to undermine uh, the ending of the occupation, undermine a Palestinian state, and who has the blood of 13 Palestinians on his hands, Palestinian citizens of Israel. So that movement is now taking shape. When you look at the alternative between Netanyahu and the ministers that they have, uh, people who believe in gay conversion therapy versus the minister the, versus the members of Knesset that the joint list has, including somebody like Ida Tuma, who, um, who very actively and very vocal uh, in support of the LGBTQ community, you can see that the difference is completely wide and, uh, and that this is the alternative. Now, what's it like living in Israel as a Palestinian citizen of Israel? It's uh, daily confronting a, uh, a reality of settler colonialism and daily confronting a reality of racism. Racism has now become so normalized in this country that that it's uh, that it's just become so commonplace that people don't even realize how racist they are being. Um, everything from the signs that you see to going interacting in government offices to the the stories that you hear and that and the, sorry the the things that you hear and the stories that you read in the newspaper. Racism is so rampant that it's just become uh, commonplace. And meanwhile, as we're talking about this Israeli election, we always have to remember that there are, what, five million Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza who can't even vote? 
Yes. Yes. And, and that's the, that's the irony of it is everybody's focused on Israeli democracy. You have close to uh, 50% of the people that Israel's actually controlling their lives unable to, to vote. So 50% of the, of the people who uh, in, in the land from the river to the sea are people who are, who are Palestinian who have no right to vote. And you know, this is the definition of apartheid. Dana Butu, Palestinian attorney, former legal advisor to the Palestinian Authority. Thanks very much. My pleasure.